Welcome to the Silver Screen Podcast. I'm Jared Boomer. And I'm Katie Ganey West. This is a podcast about movies and pop culture. And today, reviewing the new Ridley Scott movie, House of Gucci, starring Lady Gaga, Adam Driver, Jared Leto, Al Pacino. They're all in this movie. So Everyone is in this movie. This has a stacked cast in it. We'll get into that coming up in just a few minutes here on the Silver Screen Podcast. This episode's going to be a little bit different because I actually did not see the movie. Uh, I currently have COVID, so I'm isolating in my apartment by myself. This is day... Oh. Day five of ten of the of the quarantine, um, but things are going okay. But you had tickets to see the movie. We had planned to cover. I was going to go see the movie. Actually, the night that I got diagnosed with COVID, I had a ticket yeah. to go see the movie. So we were oh, we were sorry. That's okay. I got refunded. No big deal. But oh good. Yeah, AMC gave <laughs> me my money back. But uh, you know, we decided we would still go ahead and review this because it was getting a lot of Oscar buzz and it has a lot of big names in it. But it'll be more. Katie that's kind of leading the discussion on this one because again I haven't seen the movie I know what it's about I've seen the trailer obviously but you actually did go and see it yes I loved it spoiler alert Jared I'm so glad that you're okay though I was like genuinely worried when you told me um and Jared was vaccinated too so it was it was bizarre it was a breakthrough case yeah (laughs) yes you're special but Jared I do appreciate you taking one for the team because I was so excited to see this movie and I would have been I actually had a weird moment when you texted me and said you had COVID where I panicked that I had COVID and then I was like (laughs) wait a minute I haven't seen Jared for weeks. Why do I automatically think I need to go get tested? (laughs) We're not in the same state. But anyway, I'm really glad you're okay. And I really enjoyed the movie. Good. So we'll talk about House of Gucci here in just a few minutes. We do have a few quick news items. The first one of those is that Stephen Sondheim... Uh, famous, famous, uh, wrote many musicals on Broadway, did lyrics for a ton of stuff as well. He unfortunately passed away since our last episode at the age of 91. He lived a great life, though. He did, you know, lyrics for West Side Story. He did Into the Woods. He did Sweeney Todd. He did a ton of just things that you know and love and recognize and was very well respected in the musical theater community, the Broadway community, all of those places. Yes, absolutely. Steven Sondheim was a visionary. He was very well respected in his field. And I did think it was sad that he died right before the new West Side Story came out. But we he is certainly recognized for his contribution to film and theater, and he will be missed. And another kind of musical theater news item is that uh, Anthony Ramos and Jasmine Cephas Jones, who were both in the original production of Hamilton, the original Broadway cast, and were together, uh, they broke up after six years together and three years of being engaged. There are rumors out there that he cheated on her, but I haven't, I didn't, I didn't know a ton of details on that. I don't either, Jared. And if that's true, I am furious. Um... (laughs) He's a beautiful man, but she's beautiful and also six years together. I just don't understand. So that made me really sad. I have not been deep into the investigation, though. So I actually have no idea. I've just heard the same rumors you've heard. Okay. But that's it. But I am sorry they broke up, but I guess it's always better that this happens before people are married or have kids. Yeah, but still, it's it's always surprising when you're together for a long time and then a breakup just kind of comes like out of nowhere so yeah that's basically all of our news we don't have any recommendations today we're going to skip that we don't have any corrections so we're just going to get right into the discussion on house of gucci so released on november 24th 2021 thanksgiving weekend rated r for some sexual content language brief nudity 
and violence. It's two hours and 38 minutes. IMDb is uh, 7.0 out of 10. And then Rotten Tomatoes critics is 63%, audience 83%. So surprising that the audience likes this more because this seems like a movie that the critics would enjoy more. That's exactly what I thought, Jared. I did a deep dive on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, I read almost every top critic review because I was trying to figure out what they didn't like about it. I have a little on that later on, but it did seem that they, in general, there was a consensus on the things they didn't like. It was like three different things. They were just like, I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. Okay. And it was consistent. But I I definitely felt differently about this movie than the critics. Box office wise, it's made uh, twenty six million dollars domestically, thirty nine million dollars worldwide. When you factor that in, so not a ton of money, but a decent amount of money for this movie. Um, I think this mm-hmm. movie's budget was, I don't know, seventy five million, a hundred million. I can't remember exactly what the budget oh, was. Is that all? Yeah, okay. just that. So um, I'll try to find that. But you know, Ridley Scott had The Last Duel, obviously, which came out a couple months ago with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, that I went and saw, but not many mm-hmm. people saw that movie. I think it only made like ten or eleven million dollars worldwide uh or domestically so this is already doing better than that and yeah the budget for this was 75 million so that's crazy you know what though so i thought of two things ridley scott did this movie you were just talking about that i didn't realize he did not get nominated for directing alien which surprised me to no end when i was looking it up and then also i was looking although this movie has done fairly well at the box office but not blown anything up or anything i will say the sales of gucci products they said i have seen everything from has increased uh like they said 53 percent overall but bags just the bags which i'm guilty of wanting uh-huh. one myself i covet them but um 253 or 257% <laughs> increase Oh my in gosh. just okay. the bag sales because of this movie, which I wondered too, because Gucci's been around a long time. It is a respected brand. Um, they continue to evolve and stuff. But I and I I actually think their stuff is as far as luxury designers, some of their bags and stuff, when I look at other designer bags, are more affordable than a lot of the other. Like Louis Vuitton and stuff is astronomical. Um Kind of depends what you're looking at. But I as far as uh, clothing sales, Gucci has fared very well from this film. And that's interesting because we'll talk about in the kind of the facts and the background on this movie, nobody from the Gucci family or the organization was really consulted before they made this movie. So No, they are not pleased with so this film. They're reaping the benefits by getting some more sales, but yeah. they're not really happy that the film was made without their, you know, yes. contribution or thoughts or anything. So yes. uh, the synopsis for this movie is when Patrizia Reggiani, an outsider from Humble Beginnings, marries into the Gucci family. Her unbridled ambition begins to unravel their legacy and triggers a reckless spiral of betrayal, decadence, revenge, and ultimately murder. We have some critics reviews for this film. First up is David Fear of Rolling Stone, who says, if the film is remembered for anything, it's for it being exhibit A as to what a great actor Lady Gaga is. Forget Gucci, long live the house that Gaga built. (laughs) Yes. What a great quote. I'd put that on a t-shirt. And this is really her second big project. I mean, uh, she had a star is born, which was Mm -hmm. very good, you know, did great in that particular film. And now she's back in house of Gucci. So really establishing her acting career, which is cool to see. So 
Uh, next up, we have Christy Lemeyer of Film Week, a KPCC NPR station in Los Angeles, who says, when Lady Gaga is on screen, this movie is very watchable and compelling. When she is gone, it's about a bunch of guys sitting around conference tables in expensive suits talking about documents. I will say that is the one of the top things that the critics agree on. That okay. Gaga is the person that purely shines through. A lot of people are impressed with Adam Driver. And a lot of people know Pacino and Jared Leto and stuff are great. But everyone consistently says Gaga is the reason you go to see this movie. Okay. And then finally, yes. we have Neil Manow of Movie Mom, who says Lady Gaga is never less than fascinating to watch. And Driver, always impressive, gives one of his best performances in this banana story of glamour, ambition, and betrayal. So pretty similar thoughts there that Gaga is, like you said, the star kind of of this particular film. So it's directed by Ridley Scott. You've probably at least seen one of the movies that he's directed before. He's (laughs) known for Alien, Blade Runner, American Gangster, Black Hawk Down, Gladiator, The Martian, Prometheus, tons of stuff. Nominated for four Oscars, um, but has never won a Best Director Oscar. So crazy he was nominated for black hawk down gladiator thelma and louise and the martian um and next up gladiator 2 has been announced which i don't think we need that i don't understand (laughs) how does that even happen after the end of that film it's been it won it's been like way too long between the end of that when gladiator one came out yeah and they're gonna do gladiator it's like the avatar problem they're like avatar 2 is coming it's like it's been 12 years Yeah, and Russell Crowe, two things have not improved over time. Uh, His behavior as an actor has not improved over time, and his body has not improved over time. No, if I mean, yeah, offense can be taken there. But I'm just saying he, he has expanded as many people do as they get older. So he's not in the same shape he was when he made Gladiator. And I think, yeah, I think just like the first Gladiator is great. Let's just leave it at one and we'll just well, and I know, guess- go from there. <laughs> I guess now that I say that, that's silly because he wouldn't be in Gladiator 2, more than likely, because yeah. of the I think end it of was going to focus more on Joaquin's character, which I guess you would have to have <gasps> oh. Joaquin come back and, you know, be willing to do the movie, which okay. I don't know if at okay. this point in his this point in his career, he can be very, like, choosy over what roles he takes because yes. he's much more yes. established than when he Won was in the first, first Gladiator. So I don't know. Yep. I think that that's probably the biggest thing holding this up if it's, you know, not going to get made is that you know Joaquin I don't know if he wants to be in Gladiator 2 or not or if he wants to do some other stuff so we'll take a quick break here on the Silver Screen Podcast we'll come back talk about the cast the likes and dislikes and some facts versus fiction for House of Gucci and we're back here on the Silver Screen Podcast talking about House of Gucci the new Ridley Scott movie this movie has a very stacked cast we didn't do super detailed cast for this movie because you probably know just about everybody that's in this Mm -hmm. film Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you, Jared. Uh, we respect all of the actors in this film. They did a phenomenal job. I really can't say, like, I cannot say enough how good they were in the movie, but I just figured I'd list their names. So the main people in this all-star cast include Lady Gaga, Adam Driver, Jeremy Irons, Jared Leto, Jack Houston, and Al Pacino. And I did want to say, Lady Gaga, that is how she shows up in the screen credits. Her name is really Stephanie Germanotti. I think a lot of us know that. She is Italian. Um, but she did go by Lady Gaga on this. So that's why I put that in note. Okay. So I think she went She went by Lady Gaga, too, in Star is Born, didn't she? I thought so, too. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. 
that makes sense. So we'll get to now to your likes and dislikes for this movie. <laughs> um, one thing that you really liked is the acting in this particular film. You said all the performances yes. were great. Yeah. Yes. And I do think usually when there's a movie I like, that's the top thing I say. But I felt like this cast in particular seemed overly exceptional. Now, the one thing the critics kept saying was that they thought a lot of people were over the top. And the thing that made them the angriest, it seemed, was the Italian accents or okay. lack thereof. Um the critics are saying, and I know we're talking about my likes, but I'm just pointing out this is where I differed. I think the accents didn't bother me at all because I don't speak any Italian. I don't even know how I could explain what an Italian accent is like or if I could differentiate this is how it's different than French versus Greek versus, you know, like I don't really know what to tell you. Um, so it didn't offend me in any way. I'm also not Italian. So this didn't like personally offend my family or anything like that. But I understand what they're saying, but that didn't bother me at all. And one of the people that I think they would say probably not even overacted, but was just overly everything would be Jared Leto. But I loved his portrayal of the character. But again, I am not a Gucci member. I don't belong to that family. So that his portrayal didn't offend me in any way because I don't know that person in real life. And... To me, it didn't seem like a caricature of an Italian man. It seemed like he was just a very dramatic man in this family and kind of reminded me of how dramatic I am in my family. So to me, the acting was stellar. And I didn't think any one of those main characters had a bad performance. And I actually think that Jack Houston, um, he was a pretty standout performance. He he plays kind of the lawyer in the film. He's Domenico DeSole. And he was very, very close to uh, the Gucci family. And so he was, I would say he was a supporting role in this, but he stood out to me. And then to me, Lady Gaga was the absolute best actor in the film. I feel like it's interesting too, when critics kind of like criticize those performances or something like, and maybe as a critic, you've done more research than the average person before you go see the movie, but still you can't know every, I mean, every movie is a uh, different, especially these true life, like real story movies. They're all based on different things that there's no way you could have like insanely depth knowledge on all of those films that you're going to see. So yes. sometimes when they're like, this person wasn't like this real life person, it's like, well, there might be a few critics out there that do know a lot about Gucci and, you know, have focused on that, especially if they, you know, are more in the fashion industry or that's kind of their focus or something like that but the, a lot of these critics i feel like just say that and they really don't know any more about this story than like maybe you or i did before we saw the movie also can i just so adam driver i've been thinking a lot about mm -hmm. adam driver i think we've talked before about he's not my favorite actor in the world but i will say i fully recognize his skill as an actor like he is a great actor and i know jared and i have also mentioned that he went to und and i get frustrated because he never talks about und he only talks about juilliard and i'm someone that's like okay i loved where i went to college i'm very proud of where i went but then i i actually thought back about this a lot this week and thought if i went somewhere for like a semester and then joined the military and went to juilliard i don't know that i would say Oh, I have to mention this tiny school in Indiana yeah. that I went to. So I've I've let that go. I'm proud of myself. But the thing that does bother me, this only happens with a couple actors. It seems like no one can ever criticize him, though. I never hear any critique of his acting or anything else. And of the accents in the film, I would actually say his was probably the furthest removed from a true Italian accent. Nothing he did bothered me. I thought he gave a lot of heart to the character where I felt genuinely sad when he was killed. 
uh, spoiler, but we know that from the beginning. But it does. It is weird to me how that happens with very few actors where you just never hear anything negative about them. I don't mean personally. I mean their performances. And so I just, I happened to notice that during this movie. Okay. Yeah, that is a good point. Like every Adam Driver performance is basically regarded as like pretty good to outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. So um, obviously with this movie being called House of Gucci, fashion is going to be a big element in this film. And so I'm assuming the wardrobe and the costumes and everything were really well done. Yes. And... I think we, many people in our generation, Jared, speak very highly of the 80s. We think it sounded like the best time, but it also was rampant with AIDS and cocaine addiction. And the fashion was fun. It's not my favorite fashion of all the decades leading up to the beginning of my life. Um, But as far as how everything was tailored and presented and the hairstyles and the makeup, it was outstanding. I, I think, honestly, they might get an Oscar nod or maybe should for costume design. Uh, another like that you had was that um, the set design was really good, obviously, and then a good job of setting up the, the story, too, along with that. Yes, the set design, I think that's self-explanatory, but it was neat because they kept going back and forth between New York City and then also Europe. Predominantly, they stayed in Italy, but they also went to, it was either Switzerland or Sweden Sweden for part of it. Um, forgive me, I'm honestly not sure. I can't remember which one, but either way, just know they were in Europe. Um, but setting up the story, I wanted to pay special attention to that because at the beginning, obviously, you know that Gucci gets murdered, that this really happened. It's an event that happened in life in the early 90s. Um, and these people are real people. And Patrizia is still alive today. But, um, you know, I think it's hard to remember that they actually fell in love, that this was a real family. These were people that got married and that they're real human beings. And I think they did an excellent job setting that up in the story where at the beginning, I forgot to hate Patrizia. I forgot she was a monster. I forgot she later was, uh, you know, hired someone to murder her husband and the father of her children. At the beginning, you just see them fall in love. And it seems like this very genuine, sweet love story. Um, And then your last like you had was the soundtrack was good, too. Yes, Jared, I thought of you because they did an excellent job with like 80s music and stuff. Now, this was the other thing that I've noticed quite a few critics have talked about. They keep talking about it being like operatic and kind of like a rock concert. I didn't get that feeling. I felt like this was a family and a story that revolves around power and excess of everything. So to have music that's like rock music or the power ballads of the 80s and stuff like that, that made sense to me. So I thought that was a good choice, but that is something that the critics have seemed to not like as much. Okay. So, and now on to your dislikes for the movie. Your first one being that it was just a little too long. I mean, this is, we said it's two hours and 38 minutes. So it's pretty lengthy. Yes. So... There's definitely scenes, I couldn't tell you specific scenes, but I would not take out anything at the beginning. I thought the exposition was really, really good. The scenes in the middle, like, mainly the scenes where, um, the one critic alluded to this, there are a lot of scenes in this movie where the men in the family are discussing the family business. Some of those are important, and some of those, you know, you have to have in the story because you have to understand how they got to this point of everyone's fighting over money and power. But it seemed like there were 12 scenes of that, and there probably only needed to be three, maybe. So that's something that the critics have brought up and that I actually tend to agree with. And really, any movie that's going to be over two and a half hours long, I seriously question why. Um, Unless it's something like Dune or Gone with the Wind or a movie where the book is almost a thousand pages, I really question, like, do we need it to be this long? Or are you just kind of like... 
I just want to draw this out as long as possible and spend our whole budget. So to me, it was much too long. Another dislike you had was that it's slightly over the top, a little unrealistic maybe at times. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. So these two, I think these last two dislikes go hand in hand. I kind of alluded to this with the critics comments. And then earlier, a lot of there were moments where people were over the top and there were just scenes where I don't know, like maybe just they could have been cut out. I don't know that they added too much to believing this this couple is fighting so much and has so much animosity over you know, what's going to happen to our daughter and I want Gucci all for myself. Like, I just think there were some scenes that weren't needed. It was almost like just to see if people could have some good acting skills. Um, And I just personally, I kind of mentioned this, but I would have liked to see, well, I didn't really mention this. I just mentioned that there were a lot of scenes with issues over the family money. I personally would have been more interested in seeing about the trial Uh, and how everything resulted in figuring out this was a murder-for-hire situation. I mean, in real life, even, it took over two years for Patrizia to get charged with this. So there was a lot of time that lapsed between the actual murder and a trial starting. Um, And I know not everybody is as interested in that, but to me, that's a little bit more interesting than Gucci. I, I love fashion, and I quite like Gucci, but I don't know that I really care about the business dealings of Gucci or the history of Gucci. I cared more about the family and how we got to this point, and then how we figured out that Patrizio was behind it. And at the end, they just did that thing where they kind of do, like, cards at the title, not title cards, but, like, right before the end titles, they'll give, like, this is what happened, and she was arrested here, and this person died, and this person didn't. And that was fine, but someone who really enjoys true crime or hearing about family drama, I would much have preferred, I would have much preferred to hear more about that than business dealings about who's going to invest in this company and blah, blah, blah. So that's basically your likes and and dislikes for the movie. So we do have some like fact versus fiction um, points to point out because this is based on a true story. So there's obviously some things in the movie that really happened and other things that were exaggerated for the screen. So this is from Time.com, an article called The Outrageous True Story Behind House of Gucci. Another article from The Guardian called Tom Ford Laughed Out Loud During House of Gucci Screening. And NPR.org, Lady Gaga responds to criticism of her performance in House of Gucci. So Yes. So one of the the first, I guess, fact that you, you were so willing to research is the real Gucci brand was founded in 1921. Um, by Gucci O Gucci, and he was formerly a bellhop at a hotel in London, and he offered a lot of accessories and luggage and like leather goods for horsemen. Um, mm-hmm. And then he died in the fifties, and he left the company to his three sons, and they took it over once he passed away. Yes, and then Jared, you hear about well, the hotel he worked for the Savoy in London, and I only know the Savoy because I've I've been to it in London, but it it has been appreciated and revered for a very long time because it's so fancy. And I can only imagine the kind of wealth that was going through that hotel when he was a bellhop. And just because of my background in working in hotels and hospitality, I found that interesting. Um, And then in the movie, they show, they talk about how Gucci left this company to his sons, but you never, uh, you never see Vasco. We only get to meet Aldo and Rodolfo. Rodolfo is who Jeremy Irons plays plays and Aldo is Al Pacino's character. So I thought that was interesting. They kind of just left out the third brother. And then as far as Patrizia, I did want to talk about her. She 
never met her biological father, which is not relevant to the film, just an interesting fact, but her stepfather was a wealthy entrepreneur, which they kind of show in the beginning of the film. So she did have some money, but she was not at all in the same class as the Gucci's, which is why the Gucci's were so like freaked out when she started dating Maurizio and they assumed she was just pursuing him for his wealth. Okay, gotcha. So she kind of yes. came in from the outside and they were like, what yes. are you doing here? You're not really in this in this world or industry. So, yes. And then another one is that uh, Patrizia never met her. Obviously, you said that she ne- never met her biological father. And then they yes. got married in 1972 and they ended up having two daughters, but only one is, is in the film, highlighted in the film. Yes. And then I don't they, know why. They divorced in 1994. So they left out one Gucci son and one of the Patrizia's daughters. So that's kind of an interesting story choice to just like mm-hmm. cut two members of the family kind of out of the out of the movie. <laughs> Yes. And they at the end, when when they're at the trial, you don't really see the trial. You see like a scene that she's sitting in trial and they keep calling her Miss Reggiani and she will not answer the judge, which you could be held in contempt for stuff like that. Anyway, apparently, but I didn't realize until I was reading up on this movie that she was forbidden in the divorce agreement from using the Gucci name and profiting off that name and just using it. And she continued to do so. So that's why, I mean, it seemed like just a nasty, annoying, childish thing to do in the movie. But now I'm like, oh, wow, that was really kind of an F you to the family um, and a sign of disrespect to the, uh, the divorce agreement. So basically what happened is that uh, in 1995, Maurizio was shot outside of his office in Milan and he died on the steps of the building in the arms of the doorman and the only witness to the shooting who himself was also shot. And then Mm -hmm. Patrizia was not arrested until 1997, two years after his murder, when police received an anonymous tip. And that was uh, later discovered that on the day of Mauricio's murder, Patrizia wrote one word in her diary, which was the Greek word for paradise. Yes, that (laughs) is true. I had That's read a that crazy, before. Crazy turn I of know. events, yeah. <laughs> so I had I had heard that before the film because Lady Gaga was on Stephen Colbert and she was talking about it, and that is true. They do show that in the film too that she wrote this Greek word for paradise, which is that's just a mess. I'm not getting into that, but um, I will warn people. If you ever look up this murder, which I actually did not go, I don't like looking at crime scene photos. Usually I don't, especially if they show bodies. Um, if people are covered, that's fine. But I, I personally think it's a little disrespectful to look at just dead bodies um, where you can see their faces and things. But I did not go looking for this, but there is a picture online of his body, his face. Um, so if you don't want to see that, I would not suggest researching images of this murder. Um, I was looking for something that was barely related and it popped up and I was like, oh dear, that's a real picture. So if that triggers you, don't go looking for that. Um, so the trial was insane, Jared. Um, Patrizia's trial was, like they said, two years after. It was a highly publicized affair. Think very like O.J. Simpson because the Gucci's were so famous. She was actually dubbed the Black Widow. That was the moniker they gave her. And then as a result of the end of the trial, she was convicted of premeditated murder in 1998 and sentenced to 29 years in prison, but she only ended up serving 18. And she was released in 2016 for good behavior from prison. She's still alive and now works as a consultant for a jewelry company in Milan, 
where yep. she has been spotted shopping with a parrot on her shoulder on occasion. So there are pictures of that. If you look that up, that's been all over the internet because she just looks kind of unhinged and there's an enormous parrot on her shoulder. And she has since acknowledged her role in the murder of Maurizio telling an Italian TV show uh, why? When they asked her why she didn't shoot her ex-husband herself, she said, "My eyesight is not so good. I did not want to miss." So, <laughs> she's she's a character. I mean, Gaga herself actually called her a monster, and I think Lady Gaga is correct. I mean, this woman didn't seem to have any remorse to what she did. I mean, and think of being those children that your mother is in prison because she hired someone to kill your dad. I just can't imagine. Um, but Patrizia. I don't think Lady Gaga, it doesn't seem like she's been very riled up about comments about her film because there are much more uh, praise. There's much more praise for her performance than criticisms. Um, but when Patrizia found out they were making a movie about her life, she was really upset that Lady Gaga didn't talk to her. And this is her quote. I am rather annoyed at the fact that Lady Gaga is playing me in the new Ridley Scott film without having had the consideration and sensibility to come to meet me, come and meet me. Now yeah. for for that one, I kind of maybe do agree with her a little bit. I get she's kind of a crazy person and that she's probably a little unhinged, but if I'm Gaga and I want to try to play the role as accurately as possible and the person that I'm playing is still alive, I, I probably would try to at least, if not go meet them, at least have a conversation with them or something to try and maybe glean some insight. Cause I think, you know, while Gaga's performance has been still talked about as very good in this movie, I feel like, she kind of, I don't want to side with her on everything, but she kind of has yeah. a point there of like, hey, you were making this movie. I can't stop you from making this movie, but at least like, you know, come chat with me for a day to kind of learn about maybe some stuff. <laughs> yes, I do hear that. If you all um, like seeing interviews of actors, which I love, Lady Gaga was on Stephen Colbert recently, um, last week, I think, and it was like a three-part interview. It was excellent. And she talks about her justification for that. I can definitely see both sides as an actor and as a human being. Um, Lady Gaga, it seems, she more just wanted to do her own portrayal. She read as much as she could, but she said she didn't have an interest in meeting this woman because she was so disturbed by her behavior. So I definitely see both sides. And then, Jared, this is the last part. I wanted to point this out. Since you didn't see it, you should know Tom Ford played a huge role in Gucci and why Gucci is still a thriving company today. So Tom Ford, the designer, he was the creative director at Gucci from 1994 to 2004. So near the end of this film, you hear they talk about this guy from Texas coming all the way over to Italy, or I think he, I don't know if they brought him into Italy or New York first, but either way, a guy from down in Texas came, showed up out of nowhere, and they were like, just interview him, see if you like him. And instantly Maurizio was like, yes, yes. And then we come to find out it's Tom Ford, which is cool because I love Tom Ford as a designer. And I, as much as I love fashion, did not know any of this history. So I was just floored when this happened in the movie. But Tom Ford, um, he laughed out loud at the screening. There wasn't a particular thing. He was just saying like certain moments were over the top as well. But He said there was nothing campy or funny about the situation in real life. And he said when he left the film um, for a couple days, he was really sad because he knew these people Um, and he was friends and professionals with these people. And he just said it was like kind of a devastating situation. But I thought that was interesting. And Tom Ford, if you all don't know him, um, he has his own design label now and uh, Julianne Moore is one of his closest friends, and she wears a ton of Tom Ford. He does both women and men's wear. 
he also did the outfits for the newest James Bond film. So we did reference him. But I think without fail, even if I didn't even know about James Bond, I think he can cut a men's suit and tailor a men's suit better than almost any person I've ever seen. So Tom Ford's definitely a top designer for me. And I thought that was really neat. And he's done quite well for himself. So cool connection there in the fashion industry. Yeah, I feel like the top the top two designers for men's like high-end clothing are probably Tom Ford and then Armani is the other one that I would think of that would be like for men's clothing. So, but normally if you're watching yep. like a red carpet or anything, all the guys are usually either wearing Tom Ford or Armani and then there'll be like yeah. three that are wearing some rant like Tommy Hilfiger or Ralph Lauren or something, but that doesn't yeah. really happen that often. So and there, there are some up and coming designers too, and I know mm-hmm. people are trying to encourage others um, to look at black black labels and things like that. Also, this was another news thing this week that was just to me it was interesting that this happened. Um, but the the designer at Louis Vuitton, he was a black man, very well respected. He died, um, I think it was of cancer. It was very sad, but I thought that was interesting that that happened this same week. I should really look his name up. So. Sorry, Jared, while we're getting ready for me to give my score, I will look up his name to pay him the proper respect. Um, but he was he was very well, well appreciated. So that's basically all of uh, Katie's thoughts on House of Gucci. Again, I didn't <laughs> see the movie, so I didn't really have anything to say because I, you know, I haven't watched it yet. I probably will try to get to see it at some point, but sounds like you really enjoyed it. So I feel I did. like I feel like you're going to be giving it a pretty high grade. I did. It was not a perfect film. Um, oh, and excuse me, really fast, I'll tell you. The Louis Vuitton designer, it was Virgil Abloh. He was only 41. He um, did have cancer, so he died this past Sunday. We're recording this on Saturday the 4th. Um, very sad. Uh, yes, so this film has all the stuff that I really love. There was like a true crime aspect. There's fashion. There's great acting performances. And I can't help but love a family drama. So this was hand-tailored for me, I feel like. Oh, (laughs) I made a fashion joke, Jared. (laughs) I didn't mean to. Anyway, not a perfect film. I do think it was too long. And I did think some of it was over the top. I can see the criticisms. But for me, if you're going to a film to be entertained, I usually go to be entertained and see good acting. And I got that from this film. So I'm giving it an 89. I'm going higher than the critics and the audience. Okay. So one of your that would put it as one of your probably favorites of the year, maybe in I your top so. 10 yeah. at the end of the year. So depending yeah. on what else comes out. So and we're getting close to that time where we have to make our top tens because oh, the year Jared. is the year is almost over. So oh my gosh, I be- gotta write that down. We yeah. can't forget. If you're Good if point. you're new to this podcast, in the beginning of 2022, we'll have one of our episodes where it might be a standalone episode. We might do a review on that episode, but we'll run down our top ten movies of 2021. But basically, anything counts that came out in 2021, even if it yes. takes us a little while to see it. So something might come out like Christmas weekend. We may not do an episode on it. For for a week or two and then maybe a week after that we'll do our top 10 movies of the so it'll be in the beginning of 2022 so but yes we've done it a lot in previous years and you can go back and hear our list of our top 10s from previous years if you're interested in that so but this sounds like i said this sounds like it's going to be on your on probably on your list or an honorable mention at the I at the so. end of the year so 
And you can find the Silver Screen Podcast on social media at Podcast Silver on Twitter and Instagram. Just search the Silver Screen Podcast on Facebook. You can find us there wherever you listen to the show. If you rate and review, that really helps us out. And we thank you very much for that. On our next episode, speaking of top tens, this is a movie that is getting a lot of Oscar buzz for Best Picture and also for its performances. And that is The Power of the Dog, which is on Netflix right now with Benedict Cumberbatch, Kirsten Dunst, and Jesse Plemons. So that'll be our next episode. It's a Western. We'll be reviewing that coming up next week here on the show. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, we'd like to thank the Academy.